Welcome to the Crypto Conquest, where we talk about crypto, crypto-related stuff, what's going on in the crypto space, what's going on in the crypto world. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to talk about two things today that I hear a lot about that I hear come up quite frequently, um, hacking and Ponzi scheme. And I'm going to go ahead and take this first one head on because I think that uh, it's very recent in our memories and everybody wants to hear about it. What the heck happened yesterday with Poly Network? What happened yesterday with Poly Network? What the hell was going on over there? What were they thinking? Well, I think the first thing that we're finding out is that there were some there were some loopholes in there. There were definitely some uh, open exploits in there. And the most recent thing I'm hearing out of that camp is that, and this is why we always tell you guys, you gotta protect those private keys because in crypto, that is almost, when you hear about hacks, 90, 8% of them come back to it being some form of your your keys got exploited because you you left them out there somehow. And right now, you know, all this crazy, what we're thinking is all this crazy hacking, it turns out that it just might be that somebody's private key in the company got leaked. And so again, you know, it comes back to in crypto, crypto's by nature, cryptography and just the ability for these networks to have withstood the type of hacking attempts that have been thrown at them to this point, the ability for them to withstand proves out their long-term viability. And these are the types of hacks that we're seeing. It doesn't look like there was anything, there was anything big. There was no gaping hole in the uh, poly network hack, what it looks like is happening right now uh, is that they're saying BlockSec, uh, Chinese company BlockSec um, is coming out and saying that the hack is possibly a result of a leaked private key. I mean, that's just, I'm not gonna go too much into that because that's pretty self-explanatory. Slow Mist who did their, um, Slow Mist is a company that did the security analysis of the initial token, uh, or rather of the initial network itself, the code base. They um, they are saying that it could be a bug related to the cross chain function within the protocol, but you know BlockSec is saying that it could be a leaked private key. If it is a leaked private key, I think that you know this whole thing is is. Um, while the hacker, you know, got a hold of some funds, and we'll talk about those funds here in a second, um, it definitely isn't something that was as complex or um, drawn out as it could have been. So, you know, I think that uh, either way this goes, this hack uh, turns out to be something that potentially was avoidable and doesn't sound like it was just a huge, you know, uh, an exploit that existed within any underlying technology, more so than just an exploit that existed in protocol. And so Arnav, I see you just jumped on. Uh, thanks so much. Welcome, welcome. Um, 
my co-host Arnov is uh, here with us. He's been having some technology uh, challenges, but he's finally on with me. I don't know if he can hear me. We, he was still having some challenges last time, but um, this is crazy to me that it's potentially a leaked private key that caused this whole snafu. Now, the interesting thing here as well is that the hacker is now coming forward, and I predicted this yesterday on our uh, in our Telegram, in our bank social Telegram, I predicted that the hacker was going to come back and return these funds. Um, it, it would be crazy if he returned these funds back. And it looks like that's what he's going to be doing. It looks like the hacker has basically said that he did what he wanted to do. He's infamous or famous, whatever he thinks he is, or she rather, could be a she, we don't know, could be a she but that they think that they've done what they set out to do they've made their their mark they've made their point and now they're ready to give the money back and so i think something like ten thousand dollars has already been returned back and what i thought was very interesting uh this appears to be if not white hat gray hat hack attempt um, the difference being a white hat is out there to do good, a gray hat kind of skirting the line, and then a black hat is just out there to do, uh, you know, they're just out there to do bad stuff. But, you know, this it appears that it's now turning into a white hat hack type of scenario because the, the coup de gras here is that this particular hacker is telling Poly Network that in order for the funds to be given back, he wants them to implement a multi-sig wallet and then he will give it back. Basically, basically he found their exploit, whether that was code exploit or the fact that the hacker is saying that he's only going to send it back to a mult or she, sorry I keep saying he, but we could be dealing with a she here. Uh, the fact that this person, this hacker is saying that they'll only send it back to a multi-sig wallet does kind of lean more towards the fact that he may have gotten the key, uh, because in a multi-sig type of scenario, uh, you you still need all of the keys to sign a transaction to make the transaction go through. So it wouldn't just be the loss of one key; it would be the loss of multiple keys, which you know gets exponentially harder to lose all those keys as you um, start to engage more keys into a hash so that's crazy to me i cannot believe this i cannot believe that what it turned out to be was a potential white hat which i predicted i predicted that this felt very white hat to me a lot of money involved the way he was signing signatures i thought it was i thought it was awesome that he signed his signatures uh, he signed his transactions and left messages in his transactions um and again it appears like he's going to be given that money back um and and uh, uh, you know, forcing Poly Network to do multi-sig multi-sig wallet before he would return the money. That if he wasn't a legend or she wasn't a legend before that, they're certainly uh, they're certainly going to be after this whole thing is that this whole thing plays out. But um, you know, I'll just compare this to a fiat heist. I've never seen a fiat heist in my life where this type of money or even less even a million dollars half a million dollars was stolen and returned back and the hacker was completely able to 
attack the network, take the money out, put the money back in, show people the exploit, and remain completely anonymous. And I think that's just, uh, it's incredible uh, that it can be done like that. And it just goes to show you the, the uh, power of this network and the power of how the future can be, can be run. Um, you've got white hats, and for this to be a white hat type of hack, seems like it was probably somebody on the inside would be my first thought, just proving that they could uh, do it and to help really, to help Poly Network really ensure the longevity of their system. Uh, but just think if this was a, a fiat, just think if it was, this was done to a bank, uh, you certainly wouldn't have been able anonymously, uh, even if you worked at the bank, to go steal five, you know, if you told the bank owner or the, the people who were working in the security department that, hey, I see a flaw, and you went and you took that because let's be frank most of the time these banks aren't fixing these holes they're just hoping nobody gets a hold of them and nobody from the outside can see them uh so just imagine you're that guy that finds a hole and you're working at x bank or y bank and you say man this is really dangerous this is exposing a lot of people's information and you go take it to your boss and he just says ah yeah but you know, they can't see it it'll never get out there and then what happens we hear all the time oh you know 10 million people's uh, information gets hacked from Experian or, or bank of, you know, I'm not going to throw out names. I probably shouldn't have thrown out that name, but um, you hear that all the time. Um, and, and I've worked in, I've worked in areas where you see, a, and fortunately I've been in the position to say, oh, we've got a bug, let's fix it. But I know that I've been in other, uh, you know, round tables where, some of that stuff gets overlooked, but how amazing is it, uh, you know, just comparing it, if you're that guy in the traditional financial world that finds a bug, exploits it, you're going to jail. You're going to go to jail until, you know, the, the feds and everybody can do their due diligence and rule you out as being a bad actor. And, and then even then you're going to probably have some uh, lifelong ban from being able to ever work in the financial industry again versus here. A white hat, somebody who appears to really care about the longevity of this whole ecosystem, probably told somebody, hey, there's a there's a hole here. You don't have a multi-stick wallet. And Poly Network said, we don't need one. Or, you know, someone lost somewhere said, well, we'll do it later. He said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and make you do that a little bit faster. Let me hack it and I'll return it to you guys in a couple of days. How cool. I think that's so cool. I think that's epic. I think the, the guy is definitely a legend. and he deserves, uh, or she deserves, uh, you know, all of the, um, um, you know, praise for doing this, quite, quite frankly. And, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll have to see what, uh, what transpires here over the next, uh, over the next few weeks. But, uh, I'm sure that we'll see, we'll see something, um, um, come out that gives, excuse me, gives us more insight into, uh, into how it works. So, um, yeah, so let's, let's talk about, um, the other part of our discussion here. And that's the whole notion that every cryptocurrency in existence is a Ponzi scheme. I just find this notion, um, on, on all counts for the majority.
majority of, actually, I would say for all cryptocurrencies, not true. Um, and the the you know the the deal behind a Ponzi scheme, the way a Ponzi scheme works is is that you have people at the top who take funds from other people and pay out. You know, they take funds from new people and pay out old people. And the theory here is is that you continue to do this uh, where you're bringing on new people to pay the old people out and the, the people coming in don't know that this is happening, which is how you make this happen. That's how a Ponzi scheme works. If people know that they're part of a Ponzi scheme because they see that you're just taking money from their hand and giving it to somebody else's hand, then that they they wouldn't get in. They would say, no, this is this is something where there's no there's nothing going on here. And by definition, a crypto cannot be a Ponzi scheme. Now we might have to come up with another word to, to justify and quantify what crypto, some cryptos that be. Um, so even then, I think that um, there are a lot of crypto projects that are legit out there. There's there's some scams out there too. A lot of scams out there. Let's be frank. There's a lot of scams out there, but there are a lot of real crypto projects too, but again, I don't feel that any of them can be constant, at least if they're truly blockchain based, because at the end of the day, look at what happened. And the reason why I wanted to tie these two topics with the hack yesterday and with the Ponzi scheme is with the Ponzi scheme, I'm at the top, I bring in two people, they give me the money, they go get two people, those two people get their money taken and it funnels up towards me. Nobody can see that. Nobody can see that happening. That's all happening uh, behind the scenes. Only the people uh, taking the money and passing it on know that that's happening. Well, that's not the case. That's the beauty of the blockchain. The blockchain doesn't allow that to happen. Basically, for the first time in the history of mankind, um, you have the ability to directly see where every single fraction of a fraction of your uh, uh, whatever token you're using or whatever coin you're using, whatever blockchain you're on, you have the ability to see all of it, where it's going, who it went to, uh, how much it's, you know, what the value was at the time that it transacted. This is all open source. It's all completely visible. There can't be Ponzi schemes anymore if we go to cryptocurrencies. If we all get on the blockchain, there will never be a Ponzi scheme again. Yes, can you get scammed? Yes, you can still get scammed. But at this point, it becomes more of you just failed to do a little bit more due diligence versus in a, in a Ponzi scheme. If everybody on top of you is saying, hey, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, you cannot get that. You have to trust them. The current financial system works that way. You have to trust the people in the current financial system. That's what it's built on. The new financial system is not built on that. The new financial system is built on smart people reading the blockchain, understanding what's going on, and being able to make an ultimately final decision on if this is something where you know the, the smart contract is, is written in a way that uh, is just going to you know invite a rug pull, or uh, you know the the token is set up in a way that not conducive to anything that the, the underlying DAO or group of people running it say they're going to do. This is all open for the first time in history of man. And I think it's very interesting, again, tying back to the hack, 
that we can see that the hack actually implemented some of the things that the current financial system just could not have done. What is that you say? Well, one, one really cool thing that I think came out of the hack was as soon as it happened, um, USDT, the, the US dollar tethers that were hacked out of the network were frozen immediately. And I know people will say, well, yeah, you can turn off credit cards. Yeah, but this is different. This is the this is the underlying, you know, this is the US dollar tether that can be used anywhere, not a credit card. Um, you know, if somebody steals cash, if somebody goes into the bank and, and heists a bag of cash, you can wave that cash goodbye. You ain't never gonna see that again. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's got serial number. You wave that cash goodbye. It's gone. It's probably gonna head down to some you know, head to some unsavory place, some unsavory characters, and it's gone. Now, with blockchain, with crypto, not only can you not be, or, or not only, the word Ponzi's out of the picture, I think we have to look up something else if we're talking about just scams where people are just taking money. Can't be a Ponzi, we just discussed that. But you also have this ability to track these funds to cause them. And, and that very well could have been the, the mechanism by which they thwarted this guy. You know, it could have been a black hat hacking them. Could have very well been a black hat hacking them. But as soon as you have the ability to cut off the use of those funds, that that may have turned this guy's mind around and made him think or her think, why you know, if I can't spend it, what's the point of having it? I don't think that's I, I I really do believe that this person is probably more gray hat, white hat, and I think the, the way the messaging came out and how they went about the hack and the breadcrumbs they left behind, um, I, I think that that's really, I, I think he, he, he or she made another interesting comment when they said, you know, I think there was a bunch of news going around that was just throwing out numbers anywhere from 500 million to 700 million in that range. Nobody really knew when it first happened how much was how much was really at risk, but then that person fired back whoever they were. They left another thread from behind saying, if I would have taken all the shit coins, it would have been in the billions. And I think that was just the icing on the proverbial cake for him to say that or her to say that uh, because, you know, it really showed that I, I think that person didn't have an ill intent, uh, truly ill intent, uh, you know, definitely to expose them some gaps and some flaws in the system, but not a not an intent to harm um, you know, either that network directly or just the, the crypto community as a whole. And I think that, you know, these types of things are um, the fact that we can have essentially a bug bounty, because I think that's what this turned into. Uh that the hacker was actually out there uh asking for um and when he did when they did that, when they started asking for donations, then I really started thinking that, okay, this person's not here to steal uh, all this money. This person is most likely going to make some type of move that corrects all this. Um, and now we're seeing it. So I think it's very, very cool that this played out in the way it did. Um, and I was going to actually come on and talk about this Ponzi scheme before, but I waited. Once I heard about the hack, I waited. 
um, to talk about crypto not being a Ponzi until I saw how this hack played out because I had a feeling there would be a way for us to play these two topics back and forth between each other and it worked it worked perfectly. So the hack ended up being the hack the poly network hack ended up being a um, you know what what is looking like is going to be a white hat hack based on somebody leaving private keys out there and the uh, ability for Ponzi schemes to exist in crypto. It just doesn't exist. And I'd love, you know, if there's anybody out there who thinks otherwise and, and, uh, and yeah, don't, don't just, you know, hit me up and say, yeah, it's, it's a Ponzi because uh, I think they're Ponzi. If, you, if you're, you know, if you want to discuss this, and I've discussed this with several people in some of our Telegram chats and some of the tokens that I'm a part of, but if you really have the ability to talk through the technology, I'd love to bring you on and we can debate about why crypto is or is not a Ponzi. I, again, for one, do not believe that Ponzi schemes can exist in crypto again, because in a traditional financial system, you hand somebody a dollar, you don't, you have no visibility into where that dollar goes from there ever again. You're trusting in those people. Uh, it's another reason why I don't really feel like uh, crypto can ever be centralized. You know, there are there are some companies that are working in a centralized fashion and they're working off chain. Yes, that is they can be a crypto exchange that's working off chain, and that's really yeah, that could be a Ponzi scheme. Don't get that confused with cryptocurrency. Those are people that are transacting in cryptocurrency, but they're doing it off chain. I'm of the opinion that you know if you're really doing crypto on chain, you're doing your transaction on chain. The Ponzi scheme cannot exist. And again, if there's anybody out there who thinks differently, I invite you to come on this chat. And we'll we'll duke it out. We'll discuss it. But come with come with technology. Come with facts. Don't just come at us with, uh, well, this guy got his money stolen. Nobody wants to hear that kind of stuff. We're here to we're here to bring people facts that are based on the technology, um, that are based in the um, you know the true workings of blockchain. And the yeah, we're we're not we're not saying there aren't any flaws to blockchain, uh, but you know there are certainly more at this point uh, benefits battle tested. I think at least for the majority part of you know its inability to be directly hacked. You know, for example, somebody taking over uh, doing a 51%. We all know that's possible, but right now in Ethereum that doesn't look very likely. Um, and most of the other larger chains where you have a, a good amount of miners or stakers it just you know the, the, the theoretically is not going to happen so that's really the only hack we know of other than just you know, leaving your private key on a piece of paper or copying pasting it and putting it on uh, you know google drive that you forgot to lock up and you made the, the document public i mean those are the kinds of hacks we're seeing this one doesn't appear to be any different um so hope you guys enjoyed that breakdown. Love doing these for you. Um, wish Arnav could have joined me on this one, but it looks like he was having some difficulties again. Uh, we'll see you guys on our next podcast. Uh, you know, we're going to be trying to do a couple of these a week, getting people engaged. We've got our educational series that we're doing over at Bank Social, um, which aims to bring crypto technology um, and concepts to the everyday people just get a broader knowledge base for people out there to search and 
engage with uh, through video and voice. Um, and that's what we're all about here. So thanks for joining us on the Crypto Conquest. Hopefully we'll have Arnov on the next one. See you guys very, very soon.